eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Always fun to get a chance to talk to DJ Moore. He, of course, is the best offensive player on the Bears. I think that's fair. And and he joins us on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse. Since 1892. DJ, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Yeah, you had a great game, man. I mean, you know, you look at the numbers at the end of the day, and you're targeted nine times. You got eight catches, 131 yards, uh, the great touchdown catch, great body control. Do you, um, when you when you think of of the production that you have, is it fair to say you could double that by just throwing the ball to you another uh, nine times? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but uh, hopefully I, I plan on doing that if I if I get those type of targets. DJ, in the first half, everything was working. Justin Fields was sharp. You were getting open. He was finding people. What was going so well in the first half that hadn't necessarily been working maybe at other times during the season? Uh, I don't know, because we always been on the, the same first 15. Like, we always go into the game playing with the same uh, – with, with hey, not the same first 15, but a first 15 that we – I guess we was just all locked in on. And when they dialed the plays up, uh, we all executed at the same time. So, all 11 players on offense was on the same page and we was able to make some shake. The 29-yard touchdown catch, you know, the way that you went up for that one and then had the awareness to – keep your feet uh in bounds and you you hit the pylon with one of your feet I, did you did you know right away that that was a touchdown were you worried that they were going to look at that one or or you just felt like hey I'm Mr. Body Control and I controlled that play uh I I kind of knew it was a touchdown but when it was like they're going to uh replay it but I forgot that all scoring plays is reviewed so when they said it I was just like uh-oh <laughs> at the same time, I was just like, it's a touchdown, so I'm not going to worry about it. Take us through that play and what it what it was when he went up to get it, and then did you think – all the, were you sure that you were in? Did you have any doubts at all? Uh, 
Well, first I was trying to – I couldn't see the ball because it was in the sun for a second, so I had to catch the sun. And then I, I knew my feet was going to be good as long as I hit the pylon as well. Uh, so at, at that point I just knew that no matter what, I just got to hit this pylon. Was there was there anything different in terms of the the game plan going in? I think we kind of expected you guys to run more, and instead you came out with a similar game plan. Obviously, you got the quarterback on the move a little bit early, but it was kind of um, it wasn't like a vast change from what you've been doing. You just had significantly more success with it. Yeah, uh, we just was able to just hone in. Uh, all we could was uh, board upon us to just be locked in and uh, every position group just go out there and play their best uh, best game this week. So I guess that's what uh, we put – we accepted that challenge and everybody on offense just locked in. A lot of people have been waiting to see Justin Fields explode like that, 335 passing yards. In the first half, everything was working. I think he completed 23 of his first 24, and the only incompletion was the late Hail Mary heave at the end of the first half. When he's going like that, DJ, from your perspective, what is he doing well, and how much does his confidence have to do with his success? Uh, confidence uh, plays a lot of success in the quarterback uh, role. You know, you got to have confidence in your O-line, the backs, the receivers, tight ends, everybody. So you got to have confidence that they're going to be able to do their job and execute it well. And uh, when the ball goes their way, they just got to make a play like we was doing yesterday. They they said on the broadcast at one point that you went through like sixteen different signal callers in Carolina. It was some it was some like insane statistic, and and I was thinking like you're too young to have gone through that many quarterbacks. Do you know what the number is? How many different guys have you played with as a wide receiver? Uh, I think maybe ten. I think it's more than that. Maybe it seems less. Maybe ten you can remember how, and six you wanted yeah, to forget. How how <laughs> how have you adjusted to that? I mean, how have you been able to have the success you've had with so many different guys under center? Uh, it is. It goes back to relationships. You know, uh, no matter who was under the center, uh, I always had a relationship with them. Uh, from Cam all the way to Justin, so it was. It's been a journey, but uh, I'm good friends with all of them. This segment with DJ Moore is brought to you by the Illinois Department of Transportation. Road safety is not a game. Learn more at itsnotagameillinois.com. Okay, DJ, what happened in the second half? It seemed like you get a lead. It was 28-7. to It felt very comfortable. Things were entertaining. Boy, was that fun. And then, then the Broncos started coming back. From your perspective, what changed, if anything, in the second half offensively? Sure, you know, we couldn't – we started to run the ball. Uh, we had some good runs, and then we were just trying to – I guess we were trying to ice the game, and uh, it kind of it kind of backfired on us, and then we had the fumble and then the late interception. So, those 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 things were uh, key factors. You know, I, I, I'm looking through the statistics, and I'm thinking about all the different things that you can do on the football field. Could you run a jet sweep? Why? Why are they running jet jet sweeps without you? I, I mean, listen, they 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 got a lot of yards. I think it was something like thirty yards on three of them. But why not get you involved in that? Do you ever, uh, you know, kind of speak up at a at a uh, 
at any kind of meeting like, hey, guys, you know, just get me the ball in any fashion? Uh, I mean, I can run Jeff Sweeps. Uh, and some game plans, I am uh, dialed in to get a Jeff Sweep, but uh, I, neither here nor there uh, when, they, when they pop up. So whenever it gets called, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So, DJ, you mentioned the fourth quarter adversity. So Justin has the – the fumble, they have the scoop and the score, and it's tied suddenly. There's seven minutes to go. You guys are on the sideline. Is that a time when you gather people together, you say something to the offense, not to let you know their confidence be shaken, that you have to keep, you know, you have to keep positive and go back out and do something? Does somebody step forward? What's said on the sidelines at that moment before going onto the field? Yeah, I told Justin uh, before we went back out there, I said, hey, you can't worry about that. We, we're still in this game. It's only tied up. So we still got a lot of time left, and it's not, it's not a sprint. and It's a journey. I mean, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So no matter the outcome of this game, we just got to go back, reload, and, and get ready. I can't help but feel if you were the intended receiver, maybe things go a little bit better. Are you just being doubled and triple teamed all the time? What? Where were you on that last play? Uh, I was by my. I want to say I was by myself. Uh, it was one on one with me and Patrick Sertan, and I just had to go out down the field. Go. I, I forgot what I had, but it was something <laughs> down the field. What'd you think of Sertan? He's a good corner. You know, he's uh, like technically sound. He was coming out of his breaks good, so. I just had to be able to uh, go back to the ball and be QB friendly. Um, do you have any insight into what's going on with Chase Claypool? He obviously wasn't at the game. We heard Justin say that he had talked to him about it. Uh, Eberflus said it was his decision not to be at the game. And then they had a PR guy come out and tell him, no, 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 he was told not to come. Um, have you talked to him and, and – uh, and, and are you concerned about where he's at at this point in the season? I'm not concerned. Uh, I talk to Chase. We talk a lot. Uh, we're going to figure out what's happening and just go from there. I know Chase is, is ready to be back and uh, get back on the field and provide any way he can. So, DJ, you're a pro. You're a veteran. And you have mastered the art of maybe staying out of trouble by not saying too much and not overstepping your bounds there. And I think Chase Claypool – got in trouble a little bit last week on Friday when he was asked about his usage and he said some things that were deemed controversial. That had to have at least entered into the equation in the, in the decision to make him inactive. But is there a line that, that you know that certain guys can cross and maybe certain guys shouldn't cross? And has Chase Claypool, in your mind, kind of approached that line throughout his career? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a thin line uh, between because everybody wanna wanna speak their mind, but at the same time it's a business aspect behind it, and then at the same time you got to produce to be able to speak your mind and do certain things. I'm not saying that Chase can't do that, but it's it's like certain times where you can and and who you should talk to. You know, it, it was interesting. We were doing the pre and the post yesterday, and and listening to a couple of former. Bears players, Nolan Crutes and Patrick Manley, Olin suggested that if somebody, if you, if I'm not being used correctly, and I'm sure every guy on the team feels that way in their heart, but why not like go to the offensive coordinator or the wide receiver and get on a board and say, use me like this, like show them what you want. Have you 
Have you ever done anything like that? Have you ever privately gone and said, here, watch this play. I could be used in this fashion. Uh, no, I never, I never did that. I never, I don't, Hey, I never did that. I had, uh, coaches, uh, ask me certain things, but I never just went up to a coach and was like, Hey, you got to use me like this. Um, that's not my forte. Other wide receivers will do that. DJ, if you don't do that, where did you learn either that humility or the, uh, the ability to know what your place is or what not to say at the wrong time? Just using my common sense to just know, like, uh, <laughs> if I say something that's going to be detrimental, it could come back to haunt me uh, at the end of the day. Can you do that with the quarterback? Can you come back to the huddle and just say, listen, I got this guy. Throw the ball here. I'll get it. Or is that considered verboten, too? Is it? Can you just, like, talk to Justin because you guys are buds and you've been working out all year, or are you just trying to run the play that the coaches call, and he's trying to do that too? Uh, a little bit. Uh, sometimes uh, he asked me, uh, "Did you win? Did you win the route uh, backside or something like that?" And I tell him, "Yay or nay," uh, depending on the uh, that I got the previous play. So it, it's just a lot of back and forth. It's just not. It's never like, "Hey, throw me the ball," because uh, I'm beating him so bad or, like, throw me the ball, we got to make a play. It's, it's never nothing like that. DJ, help us understand, from a player's perspective, there's 2.55 left. You kick a field goal, you take the lead. It's fourth and one. All you need are three feet. You come out in the shotgun, and then Kilo Herbert gets stopped. From your perspective, did you like the did you like going for it? And, and help us understand why that was the right decision if some of us question whether it was or not. Uh, my understanding, the fourth and one, we was going for it anyway. So I was cool with any call that we had, uh, just to keep the game going and uh, either get in field goal position or go for the win. So either way, fourth and one, whether it was in the shotgun or anything, it, we just needed a first down at that point. What is it like when you're playing your best game of the year and it's like everything's going your way, and you you're did you? Did you guys stop being aggressive? How did they get back into the game as easily as they did? And I, you know, I saw the scoop and score. I know how important that was. Mm -hmm. But what what was it like kind of watching your lead slip away? Are you aware of all the situations as it's unfolding? And uh, and how did the team react? Uh, Yeah, you just you go back to all the miscues you might have had, even though we was playing a a good game. uh, We still had some miscues. Uh, I know I did. I think I had one. Uh, But at the same time, you just can't – you could see the the league going away, but at the same time, it's football. So they get paid to play football too and and do the things that they did to try to win. So you had eight catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. What was your miscue? I have to know that. (laughs) Uh, My miscue, I want to say, was that uh, ball that certain batted down. Oh, right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good numbers what, on a pretty so, good day. So what now? What happens now when you start a season like this? And, you you know, you've struggled uh, with winning before in your career. You, you've been in Carolina, and they have struggled and are struggling. And uh, and the Bears in Carolina are the only two winless teams, that the, both of them winless at this point. What? Um, how do you 
how do you keep it together? How do you get up for a game on the road on Thursday? You know, I know I know you have great pride in what you do, but are you at all concerned about everyone staying together and, and concentrating on the details and getting to Washington with the right attitude? Uh, no, because it's a Thursday night game, a primetime game. You know, uh, if you don't come up, if you don't come to show out on a Thursday night game, then, then you shouldn't be in the NFL. How tough is that to turn around this quickly mentally, physically, and is it much harder at this stage of your career than it was earlier? Uh, mentally, no, it's not, it's not too hard, but physically, yeah, because, uh, you know, we go on a war every Sunday. So to have a quick turnaround from what, five, six days to now you got basically two days to recover and, and get back ready. So that that's going to be the challenging part. What do you anticipate? This is a pretty decent, uh, defense you're going against, and this is a team that can, that can rush the passer. I, you know, I would hope it would be more of a quicker, sort of uh, game plan, get the ball out faster type of thing. Is that what you anticipate? Uh, yeah, their, their defense is pretty sound. They got uh, a stout uh, defensive line, yep. and their back end is pretty good. So we're going we're gonna to have to go in here and uh, figure out the best game plan on this short week and uh, either have some carryover or add a whole new uh, thing for the rest of them because they do have a lot of personnel on defense. You mentioned the fact it's on national television. It is prime time. This is that is a great stage. Uh, how how much effect does that have on on you at this stage of your career? And do you does it feel that much different than a Sunday afternoon that with a noon kickoff? What are the what is, what's the biggest difference? Uh, the biggest difference is uh, shoot the late the late start. You know uh, when we play at seven, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I forgot what time we play, but Thursday night is is right around the corner, and you know, we get home around that time and be ready for the end of the day. But now we got to be up and ready to go play a whole game on Thursday night. Hey DJ, thank you, man. Great stuff, and you had a great game, and uh, and we hope that uh, that uh, your success continues. Good luck Thursday, DJ. Thank you.